Hi, everybody. Welcome into the Coach Bo Knows podcast here on the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recording live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at Coach Bo Knows Show. You can also email us at, uh, at Coach Bo Knows Show at gmail.com. You can check out the Facebook page. Just search for Coach Bo Knows and you will find the show there. This is episode 47.5, and as always, on the point five, I am joined by the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast, the token girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind. After a week off, it's glad to have her back. My co-host, Ellen Wingenter. Ellen, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing great. I got my stitches out for my ACL surgery, which was very successful successful last Monday and I appreciate you guys uh, shouting me out on the point five last week. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm just, I'm looking for my comeback. Yeah. You were very, very missed. We want to thank uncle Rico for coming in and we're going to try to record something next week with all three of us. Yeah. I'll be out in Denver. I'm leaving Saturday morning to head to Denver for a, a nice long LPL conference. Then we'll stay a couple of days and you never know what kind of trouble we could all end up in. So some nonsense somewhere. Yeah, there's going to be, yeah, there'll be something we can tell stories about after that. <laughs> hey, it's middle of summer here. We just had the all-star game in baseball, and we had the, this is the week where it's the, as my Tyler Jones says, this is the most boring sports week of the year. It's the dead week. It's dead. I mean, we just had, you know, we had the, we had the home run derby, we had the all-star game, and we had the ESPYs because ESPN is programming when there's no games on. You and I are talking, neither of us watched the Essex. No. I didn't watch a single moment of it. Not no. even a glimpse. I don't I care. will say, I got more ESPN alerts during the SP show than anything else, any day in the last, like, five years. I and honestly... The alerts for every award. Like, I don't care. I, I didn't even pay attention. I watched... What did I watch last night? I watched a lovely movie that, if for those who enjoy movies, everywhere... Um, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Mm -hmm. which is a really fantastic movie. And I'm a crier, so I, of course, was crying by the end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched that and just kind of chilled out. So it was nice. I watched a really bad episode of AEW Dynamite. And and then I watched the new Bill Burr special on Netflix, which was really good. I like Bill Burr. He's he's great. So I enjoyed that. But... uh, I got to tell you before we get too far in. So P Money, my son, hmm? he gave me a little grief. So he's been listening. Oh. <laughs> and he, so he Monday night, he kind of corners me. He says, Dad, you made some mistakes on, on the show. And I said, what do you mean? He says, you said Nolan Arenado was a catcher and he, this and that. And, you know, you sometimes you misspeak and you don't catch it. Sure. Just keep it moving. And I was like... I didn't do that. And he was like, yeah, I'll play it back. And I was like, no, I'll believe you. And so I have to be perfect now because now my son is listening. Well, um, tell Peyton he is free to reach out to me with any criticism since I never hear anything because you don't tell me anything. So I don't get any criticism. Like I get criticized <laughs> left and right. Uh, I'll tell you, after we recorded last week, uh-huh. Uncle Rico and I talked for about 30 minutes just about things I can do better. Well, I and think where, that's good. And, and where, yeah, I, I was so glad he gave me some tips. 
And then he told me, here's the areas in which you've vastly improved. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, is it that bad? Like it was, it sounded so negative. And I said, is it that bad? He says, no. Oh, I wouldn't be listening if it was bad. Well, it's one of those things. And yeah. I have no idea where, I mean, like you, I need people to tell me, hey, this could be better. Yeah. But when you've never done it until you've practiced it, you don't know what you're doing wrong or what works and what yeah. doesn't work. Well, and, and Tyler's been listening for a couple, for a couple of weeks, more than just doing the editing part. And mm-hmm. he's hit me with some stuff. And then, you know, I go on his show, I'm in a different role. I'm kind of in your role on his right. show. And that's, a, I, I don't want to say it's easier, but it is someone else leading the conversation. Sure. We do a little more back and forth, but Tyler really leads me for my segments. Yeah. We discuss what we're going to talk about. We stay on course because him and Tom can kind of sometimes go off course. They want to keep me on course. And so that's good. And then I talked to him and I said, we got to figure out how to pull it back sometimes. And he says, the advice he gave me was you and I are pretty good about it. And we've gotten better. What Uncle Rico is on. He says, Bo, I can feel you pulling him back. Because I, I love Ricardo. He's my man. But I got to, like, pull him. He's trying to go into an alley. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Stay on the street. Stay on the but street. I, the, the thing of it is with that yeah. is you and I are talking weekly now. Yes. In ways that we haven't done in years. Yes. Whereas you and Ricardo are still, you're, like, every two or three weeks, you guys are touching yeah. base. And so it's, like, this whole kind of we need to catch up for this time. Oh, that's, that we haven't spoken that's a really before. great point. That's a fantastic point. And I hadn't so thought of that. Don't, don't give yourself too much grief, but just remember that you can talk outside the podcast too. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. All right. I, I got the code on that. All right. That's good to know. All right. Um, all right. Hey, let's get some of the headlines. Um, first off, did you, you said you did not watch the All-Star game. You told me this. Yeah, no. No, I did watch the Home Run Derby. It was yeah. great. Um, my son is down at his dad's in Mobile, so he and I FaceTime during a large portion of it. And I really want to know who made Schwarber throw the first round. I mean, it was great that pool host made it. He yeah. didn't expect to be there. It was great to see his reaction with his family and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Schwarber should have beaten the shit out of him, frankly. Yeah, well, so I think it was, we kind of discussed this a little bit going in, is that it was, J-Rod gets up there first and yeah. slams 31 or 32 the first round. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit, they're all going to do this. This is going to be a long night. Yeah. And then Pujols only hit like 15, and it's like, well, wait a minute. Does that mean Pujols isn't hitting as well? Mm-hmm. Um, and Acuna was awful, too. Acuna was awful. Um, yeah, and then, but Schwarber, the the ball was moving around quite a bit on Schwarber. It yeah. wasn't in the same spot. The one thing that J-Rod had, that ball was in the same spot every yes. time. Same yeah. thing when Alonzo was up, and Alonzo didn't hit nearly as well. He was Something was off on him. It was hot. He maybe, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, and I will say, I know they had to do it because they want to get it on TV on the East Coast, you know, at eight o'clock local in the mm-hmm. East. That's five o'clock in LA. Well, and that's one of the things that they were talking about, just with especially as the sun going down, of course, it's going to cool down temperatures, balls yeah. aren't going to fly. So the earlier you went, the 
the greater likelihood yeah. that you were going to be able to do the J-Rod thing and just, and he was like miraculous almost yeah. in the in precision, his, the runs that he would go on. It was yeah. nuts. It was very McGuire-esque. Yes. But, um, my point was, there was a certain part of it, like when you see it back East, even when it was in Kansas City, and I was there the year it was here in Kansas City, it started the first hour was in the daylight. Yeah. But it was nighttime. Now, it's much better, I think, on the East Coast, in the New York, Boston, Atlanta, where the sun comes down and the balls, you can see them at night. You know, the, the big one I think we all remember, if you think back, is probably Camden Yards when it was Griffey and McGuire. And this is a generation yeah. ago, but right. Griffey and McGuire and everyone. And it was, you know, Griffey was trying to hit the warehouse across the street and you could see yeah. the ball at night. I think it makes for a little more, well, I guess it's a little more dramatic effect, I guess, but and it's even just a simple thing of it's the East versus West Coast time. Right. And even yeah. last year. So I, you know, was out here in Denver last year and I went to the home run derby last year and that first hour, cause it started at six o'clock local time was still, I mean, the only advantage of it being out here is the altitude and the humidor and all that kind of stuff. Because they, I, I think now the humidor is at all parks. Is that right? They have one in every park. Yeah. All balls are stored the same in all parks. Now. So, and that was just new this season or was it last yes, season? It's I, this season, I believe okay. for all parks, they've always had them in Denver. So yeah, just because of the, you know, lack of moisture. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it makes a difference. Yeah, it, it's um, yeah, pretty amazing. I, I I enjoy the home run derby. I've been to both. I've been to both an all star game and a home run derby. Mm -hmm. If I had to choose to go to one or the other, I said this last week on the pod, I would choose the home run derby every time. Yeah, I've never been to an all star game. I don't know as though I'd want to go to a baseball all star game. Yeah, I went to an all star game. I'd rather go to an NBA all star game. Totally agree because you got all the dunking, all the scoring. Yep. Yeah, the Pro Bowl is just kind of sucks. I it's mean, stupid. It, it's the nature <laughs> of that game. You can't have the the physicality of football needs and, and do it like in the Pro Bowl. It's well, it's and because it's just before the Super Bowl, you're not getting the stars that are in the Super Bowl, yeah. and you know people choose rightfully to to pull out to avoid injury and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I, yeah, so I do like I, – I, I like baseball's all-star game. This year the game was a little weird because you had to – the NL scored early, got a couple of runs, then Stanton hit the home run to put the to put the uh, American League up, and I was like, shit. And then Buxton hit a home run. It's like, all right, damn it. They're going to give Stanton the MVP. And then <laughs> the NL couldn't buy a hit for like six innings. And it just made it – it made the game go – the game went fast. But, the, but there was no action to it. And when I kept is, rooting. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, when was the last time the NL won it? I mean, I like 2011, 2012, yeah. when they were here, 2012, here in Kansas City. So it's 10 years. Time, 10 years. Yeah, 10 years ago. The last time the NL won. I remember that because the what I remember about the game was Pablo Sandoval had a, had a leadoff triple. Ah, and watching that fat fuck run around places <laughs> was hysterical. Good panda. That's that's before the the panda was was in Boston and got really big. Yeah. I mean he's he was uh, 
It was a roly-poly by the time he got to Boston. He broke a belt in a spring training game in Boston. I, I hope he was happy. Well, he got plenty of money. I'm sure he is. Matter of fact, I'll go with that in a second. That, was a, that would have been a great segue to a sponsor, but we're going to come back to the sponsor in a second. I mean, uh, you can still go into you know, gold just belt. Just... Yeah. So you know what Pablo Sandoval could do with all that money he stole from the Red Sox? What's that? He could go to Gold Belly. And he could buy a shitload of the newest drop on Gold Belly, and that is the world-famous Rock Toast. What is Rock Toast? Well, it's the French toast made by The Rock. Have I you like ever seen toast. The Rock's French toast on no. his Instagram or Twitter? No. Okay, it's if you follow The Rock, Dwayne Johnson on on any of his socials, he has like he loves his cheat meal. Well, we all, but he loves his cheat meal in a way which no human being should. Uh, we've seen him do like double dough pizza, but he does French toast, and this French toast, it's uh, let me see if I get it here. Um, it's, it's basically like a baguette and the damn thing is like the size of two or three pieces of Texas toast. Dick. Okay. And he puts all sorts of stuff on this. Uh, let me see here. I was, if I got, if it shows the ingredients. So he loads it with a bunch of different stuff where I'm like, just load mine with a bunch of cinnamon. I don't need powdered sugar. I need just a touch of syrup. So he puts on his. This is what we got. Um, it's a it's a French toastery. It's uh, fresh baked, hand braided brioche bread, uh, dunked in creamy cinnamon spice custard. Oh, custard. Okay. Yeah, before being cooked perfectly golden brown, uh, you just give it a reheat, and then you top with the following items: his signature peanut butter. Coconut maple syrup, vanilla bean whipped cream, nope. and oven-toasted coconut chips. Nope. And a very Hawaiian kind of feel with the coconut and everything. I hate coconut so much. <laughs> I like the taste of coconut. I don't like the crunch of coconut. I hate coconut so much. Like eat Malibu, like drink Malibu rum all day. No. These things are massive. And if you've ever wanted to have the Rock's French toast, which believe me, I have. You can now get it on Gold Belly. Actually, it'll be available starting August the 3rd on Gold Belly. That's the newest featured item. <sighs> uh, you can get $25 off your first order, $50 or more, by using the link in the show notes. We appreciate everything Gold Belly does. They also still, through the end of July, are going to have the Duff, Duff Golden Cake Sale. That's still going. Uh, definitely want to check that out. And there is just all sorts of cool stuff on here. Absolutely. We talked about barbecue last week. And it's, yep. oh man, I, I love barbecue. There's I know. a lot of good stuff on there. I heard you and Ricardo talk about it. But the uh, the Rock French Toast, I have seen that before on his, uh, if you ever just want to see gluttony, I think it's Sundays or his cheat meal. And his gluttony on that is, I would love to hang out with the Rock on Sunday and just sit down and watch football and eat with his cheat meal. One of my former co-workers and his, his wife was a competitive bodybuilder. And so he would match his meal schedule to hers. Mm -hmm. And the stories of their cheat day were epic. Yeah. I just can't imagine. So uh, check out Gold Belly. Check out, we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. 
Absolutely. Right? Yeah, that's a great, a great little segue there. <laughs> Pablo Sandoval can buy all the gold belly he wants because he's got plenty of cash he stole from the Red Sox. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm distracted now because I got <laughs> you know, to minimize the screen because I'm sitting here and I keep seeing that French toast. My wife makes a great French toast, and now I'm going to tell her to put peanut butter on it. Oh, my God. I, I can feel myself getting fatter just thinking. Have you that. eaten today? Yes. I just ate, like, on the way, on the way back here. Okay. I had to just make Just making sure. Out. Yeah, I, I have. Um, yeah. So, um, going back to Home Run Derby, yeah. I enjoyed Home Run Derby. I thought the, one of the, I thought the coolest part was the players during Pujols' uh, time. Oh, yeah, where they all came out. And they all came around. And it wasn't planned. It just kind of happened. Yep. It's like did OG respect. And yeah, we were talking about this at home. I was watching it. I said, okay, Paul Holst and Cabrera are now retiring. Yeah. Who were the OGs left in baseball? Who was like those old? I thought of four people. I thought of two pitchers and two catchers. That's all I can think of. I thought of Kershaw and Verlander. Yeah. And I thought I think of you could throw Scherzer in there too. Yes, yes, I think you absolutely could. Good call. And then I thought of Salvador Perez and Molina. If you've ever seen Salvador Perez around other major league players, he is like the OG. Every player respects and loves Salvador Perez. Same yeah, as Molina. No, I, I get that. The two best of a generation. But there's got to be some other that, position player. But that's what I was thinking. I was like, who are the guys who are like 36, 37, 38, you know, that are still doing it? We've had players who have retired. Yeah. And we've got players who are like 33, 34, like the Freddie Freemans and the Paul Goldschmidts of the world. But we don't I have think- any more of these guys who are near 40. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I would hesitate to say Freeman just because things got so sketchy in the offseason yeah. for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Some is fault, some not. Yeah. Right. But I'm honestly like trying to think of somebody like Jay Hay might be one of them, Jason Hayward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's a little you bit know, older, but, he, but I don't know that he's in that top level player. He's a fine player, but not like a Hall of Fame level player. No, and I can appreciate that, but he has the longevity that some of these guys don't have. Um, Damn, that's a really good question. I was thinking about that. I can only think of you. You brought up Scherzer, and I didn't think of that off the top of my head. But I think after those five, the three pitchers and the two catchers, I thought the next two guys – in a both early 30s, yeah, are trout and bets. Well, and so, and you were talking about Bryce Harper on Monday, yeah. and I think he would fall somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, and he's course. kind of in that category. They're kind of the next, and they're 10 years younger than Bull Wolves. God, yeah. I don't know. Those three, I think, will be celebrated the way that Pool Holst was. And I now look at it, and I kind of wish that Cabrera had been in the in the home run derby as well. I don't know. He probably didn't want to be. He probably didn't want to. I would think that he just didn't want to. I think he's been one of those guys that's kind of held on because of the contract because he wanted to get to 3,000 hits. Yeah. You know, but he's he's an all-time great. I mean, those two guys are two of the greatest hitters that have ever played the game. 
Yeah, and they're, I mean, and they're considered just OGs because of their Latin heritage. And to a whole generation of Latin players, yes, those guys are it. No, no, and they they showed the path and yeah. to um, some of the points that you were making on Monday that they created the space for these players to know that they would be comfortable. It's like, you know, um, if Suzuki or Ichiro hadn't retired, he would be in that kind of echelon. Yeah. But he retired, what, three years ago now? Four years ago, yeah. But he was even older. I mean, we don't realize that Ichiro was a little bit older when he got here. Right, because he had been playing in Japan for so long. For 10 years, for 10 years. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see. God, that is a really good question. I, I couldn't think of who's next. Hmm. I'll tell you the guy that I think is the most underrated player, and I think right now he'd be my National League MVP, is Paul Goldschmidt. You talked a lot about him on, on Monday, you know, yeah. just because he had played for Arizona. In Arizona for so long. He's just not how he thought of. It's kind of like how Randy Johnson doesn't get to do he's really deserved. Well, and that's why, frankly, I'm actually worried with Arenado. He is a fantastic defensive. Yeah, he's the, uh, third he's the best defensive third baseman of our lives. And he was the face of the Rockies for so many years. And I think he's still getting lost with the Cardinals. Yeah, and that it's team a shame. Has, that team has four, they have four Hall of Famers. Yeah. I mean, Pujols, Molina, Goldschmidt, and Arenado are all yeah. Hall of Famers. I mean, all first ballot guys. And it's, now, it's wild. I looked it up, I, and I don't remember, I'll have to look it up again, but I want to believe that Arenado is younger. Like, I think he's two or three years younger. I believe so. Um, Arenado's 31, Goldschmidt's 34. Yeah. So you figure Goldschmidt's got maybe two more years of his prime left, and then three more years to that of hanging on and racking up racking up stats. Arenado's different in that one, he has all the home runs and everything he did in, in, in Colorado, but he is the best defensive player at his position. Well, he's maybe got just ever. as yeah, he's got just as many gold gloves as he does silver yeah. sluggers. Yeah, I mean he is the <laughs> only person in the Nolan Arenado argument for third baseman defensively is Brooks Robinson. Yeah, it's it's wild. So okay, if you're thinking about this and you're thinking about it from a team dominant standpoint, isn't it weird that the there isn't somebody from the Dodgers from a position player standpoint over the last 10 years, at least the last eight years, uh-huh. that we aren't just like, that's who it is. Because they haven't kept, you're right, it is weird. And it's because they haven't kept their whole team around. And the, the thing they did have was like they had Corey Seager. Yep. He was good, but they let him go and he wasn't great. They didn't re-sign him. Yep. Bellinger had the MVP year, but he hasn't had that the last couple of years. No. They went and got Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is a surefire Hall of Famer. Sure. But his best years, I mean, he was AL MVP with the Red Sox. Right. Probably should have been an AL MVP with the Dodgers in 2019. Um, but he, I mean, he's known just as much as being a Red Sox as he is a Yank, as he is right. a Dodger. The, 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 the face of the Dodgers is Clayton Kershaw. Right. 
which is and a that, little unusual for it to be a pitcher. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I find that surprising with their NL dominance yeah. that it's, it's not a hitter. It's, it's a pitcher and has been. Yeah. Huh. God, good question. Yeah. Let me say it again. <laughs> I, I was there. I had to, I had to think. And when I was thinking about it, we were talking about it. And I was like, okay, the next ones are these three pitchers. You brought up Scherzer. I didn't think of Scherzer. But I was like, Kershaw and Verlander. And even Trout gets so lost yeah. in the discussion because the Angels haven't been able to do shit in the postseason. They've never won a playoff game since he's been there. And so no one's been able to say he has been, you know, the divisional MVP or the World Series MVP yeah. or, you know, they've he hasn't had that opportunity and it I hate it for him because he's a generational player that we won't see again, but he's starting to get on that back end of his contract. Yeah. Well, he's, he's had that new contract a couple of years ago. Right. But he's yeah. 32, 33. My trout's probably, he's 30. Oh, okay. He, he, I aged He's him. about to turn 31. Okay. Next month, in a couple of weeks, he turns 30. And he had a couple of injury seasons too. Yeah, so. the last two years he's had it because he's been either first or second in the MVP. Yeah. Every year of his career, except for the two years he was injured. Yeah. That's an amazing stat in and of itself. It is. I mean, that guy, he's the best player I've ever seen. That I've ever, my two eyes laid on, he's the best player. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's to me amazing. Um, I uh, want to jump to a couple other sports. I want to jump to football for a minute here. Kyler Murray, we love quarterbacks and quarterback contracts. Kyler Murray got his money today. We're recording this Thursday. Five years, $230 million, A shitload of it's guaranteed. I don't have the exact guarantee. I'll pull that back up. 130-something million, I think. Uh, it sunk well into the hundreds. Let's see. It was 160 is guaranteed. Oh, okay. Um. 160 is fully guaranteed for injury, 105 fully guaranteed upon signing the deal. Okay. An average of 46.1 million dollars. Good for him, man. Got his money. We we are pro player here. We, we are team player. So get your money. Good for you. And you know it was yeah, paying now. You know, last year was contract, you know, going into next year's last year. So he gets the it's the, the thing now, and it's a big extension. Good for him. Get all your money. If he's getting that much, my God, Joey B is going to get uh, just a. Uh, it. Uh, they're going the to gonna bring a Brinks truck to his house, literally. I, I, the thing of it is, though, is that I'll be interested to see. I hope for him and his teammates. Not only that he gets his money, but he also forces ownership to make some much needed improvements to the facilities and that kind of stuff to entice other guys to come and want to play with him. Yeah, I think that's going to be like the definition of who he is as a player with his contract is it's going to be sort of the Brady thing. Like, and it'll also be based on the years. I don't see him signing a 10-year Mahomes deal. Unless there's a huge commitment 
from right. the Brown family to do something for the for the stadium, or unless he's traded, which that ain't happening. Um, speaking of trades, it was all over the All Star break and everything there. Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals rejected. I think I talked about this in last week's pod. He rejected a twelve-year, four hundred and forty million dollar contract. Yep, and he is on the trade block. Someone's going to give up a, as they say in football, a Herschel Walker-sized package for Juan Soto. That's just funny, given the current state of the situation. Yeah, the situation, yeah. yeah. And packages that double on time. I did not mean to do that. But uh, we're going to see um, a big deal made here if this is done. Now, I did see Tom Verducci said on um, – either at the home run derby or the all-star game, he thinks it's going to happen in the next two weeks. Yeah. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of headlines that he should or needs to be traded. Yeah. Uh, he's a talented kid. He's yeah. And he's so young. So he's 24. Right. Just turned 24. And any team that gets him still has control of him for two more years of arbitration. So you don't have to sign him and extend it. Okay. But if you're the Nationals and you're trying to trade him, now's the best time because of the two years. Right. It's a bonus feature. Yeah. If you do it next year at this time, you've only got one more year. The value coming back to you is going to be a lot less. But, I mean, there are there are, you know rumors of, you know, the Yankees posting up and, and sending, like, Jason Dominguez and, like, four – current roster players like Jason Dominguez is like their number one guy they call him the Martian uh yeah so it's I, I've never seen the guy play personally but uh, he's also really young he's like 19 oh god yeah he's a he's a Latin player 19 he's supposed to be like being next guy they compare him to judge in many ways he's also a big dude okay um you know there's teams that are gonna pony up for this guy I just don't see that anyone's going to pony up enough for the Nationals to say yes right now. Well, you know, I think the point that you made on Monday was really interesting that the contracts in MLB have kind of flattened over the last few years because the television contracts flattened. Of course, there's been a whole lot of issues. Um, you know, Manford coming out uh, yesterday and saying that minor leaguers make more than a living wage when many of them are making 11 or $12,000 a year, quite uh, questionable. So it's the economics of it is going to be interesting, especially when you look at a pull host contract, right? Because he signed a 10 year contract with the angels and then was traded back to the cards. If I'm remembering correctly, he was actually um, designated for assignment. Okay and released but his contract had the one year left on it so okay he picked him up and signed him he still had the one year left but he had signed that ridiculous 10-year contract at 30 it was 32 million a year or something like that it was like 325 for 10 years right but he signed was it when he was 32 33 or maybe even 35 yeah, i don't he was, remember he was 32 or 33 it was taking him into his 40s which is why teams don't do long contracts they put right. right at the pool holes contract and go no 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 right so 
it will be interesting to see whatever happens with him because I think kind of the point that you were making on Monday is that he can try to get his money now on a longer extended contract with the uncertainty of not knowing what those contracts are going to be in five years. So if he tries to lock down probably a seven year contract, which would be the, it would get in, yeah. Well, the one he was offered was 12 years. We've seen a couple of those. That's what Mookie Betts got. It's what Harper got. It's what Trout got. Now, those are guys are going to get paid up till, I think, in Mookie's case, it's 39. With Trout, it's 40. Mm-hmm. Um, with Harper, it's like 38. I mean, the thinking is well, you don't want to be a player who's 24 and lock up 12 years yeah at the end of the contract you're past your prime right you're not going to get that same kind of deal so the idea that i said was okay the nationals they want to keep him which i see no reason the nationals shouldn't work this thing out they're they're considered a a larger market they make they have a good tv plan they have money you go in and say look we'll give you seven that buys out your two years of arbitration so you get your Mm -hmm. full payment there Instead of the lower payments of arbitration, right? That puts you at 30 years old or 31, according to this next contract. Then, if you can get yourself a seven-year deal, we'll see what we can do. So pay him 40 million, make it 280 for seven, and then a chance for him to do that. And then you can get your way out of it. Yeah. If you don't like it seven years from now, well, you don't have to worry about it. I'm that has to be the thinking. It's not thinking what's the biggest number because he's not going to get a bigger number than four, four. No one's going to come along and give him 500 for 10. No, no. I mean, he might get like a 240 for five. Someone come in and give him 45 or 46. Right. I can see that. But the problem is, is that now the Nationals are screwed trying to make this deal because the only teams that can afford those kind of contracts, like we talked about, talked about on Monday, is have to have that local TV money. Yep. And the biggest ones are the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers. Yep. Um, there's a few other. There's only a couple of others. The Giants are one of them. The Giants, to me, would like the place that's to be. That should be the team that goes and gets. Hmm. But the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and the and the and the Yankees, they're going to make their teams worse going to get Soto right now because they're going to have to give up three or four of their major league starters. Right. So, I mean, I just don't see the Dodgers doing that. No, I don't see the Yankees doing that. It would have to be some kind of deal where it's prospect laden. But you've got to get someone to play now if you're the Nationals. I, 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 if, they, if the Nationals trade Juan Soto for three prospects, then that'll be the worst deal in Major League history, no matter who those prospects are. Right. Because there's, as you said, there's so much time when you're, you know, even just mentioning the draft, you're yeah. looking at at least five years for yeah. somebody to come up. And none of those prospects – have no team has three superstar prospects right nobody does the blue jays did three years ago they're all up yeah 
the Astros did seven or eight years ago. They all came up. Yeah. Nobody's set up like that now. So yeah. I don't know. I find this whole thing very interesting. I I don't think the trade's going to happen. I, I could be wrong. If it does happen, I don't see how it's the Yankees unless the Yankees can just basically, I mean, unless the Yankees just absolutely take the Nationals in the deal. Because you're giving up, I mean, the players that they would, they would want to give off their roster, the Nationals wouldn't want. The Nationals wouldn't want Joey Gallo. Right. You know, you know, it'd have to be like Claybor Torres, Dominguez, the kid in double A. Uh, you'd probably have to include, God, I can't even think of who else the Yankees have to give up. It'd be a ton. Well, and it's it's one of those things. It's such a crapshoot. If if you're throwing people in and if you're lucky and you're giving up the prospects and they don't pan out, well, that's really great for you. But I don't know. Yeah, and and if you get if you do get a big name off someone else's roster, Mm -hmm. it better be someone you can flip next season for prospects. Absolutely, because you can't just let your farm system die in the process, and you can't. And even though bringing over two or three guys would help your system, you also can't let the one player come to your really shitty team and just yep. die on the team. Yeah. So it shows me that the Nationals just don't have much of a clue what they're doing as a franchise more than anything. But I, I guess we'll, we'll see what the next couple of weeks brings. Yeah, we will see. A um, couple of things I want to get out of here on about three more things here. We both are uh, also, we were both looking at talking briefly about Kirby Smart, University of Georgia football yeah. coach. Got a huge contract extension. 10 years, $112 million. He's going to get $11 million a year to coach football. Yeah, it's wild, man. Uh, for a public university to throw down that kind of money, I mean, I don't know. It's it's fascinating to me, especially with conference realignment stuff going on. Yeah. And how that's going to influence stuff. Yeah. We talked about a few weeks ago about how we could see that certain coaches may not want to coach in the NIL world. Oh, Kirby Smart is too young to not want. Yeah, but Kirby. And, He's going to chase that shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kirby's going to be, Kirby's going to hire him some people to help get NIL bills for his kids. Yes. So I, Yeah. Here's my question. I mentioned this to you before. You know, I have a prediction standing on this. This NIL stuff and all this money, mm-hmm. it's got to be killing Nick Saban, isn't it? Oh, I'm sure it is. He, he's going to have to call it quits, isn't he? Um, I mean, the old vanguard of basketball and football coaches huh? who I think – Calvin Sampson is one of the few who's going to translate really well into it Yeah. from a basketball standpoint. I'm not sure from the football perspective who that person would be, but it won't be Nick Saban. Oh, I don't think there's anybody left. I don't think there's any old school guys who are still head coaches. Yeah. I mean, even Harbaugh up in Michigan, I'm not, even with his new contract, I'm not sure how well, He's going to handle some of this stuff. I tend to think Harbaugh is going to be okay. And the reasons I've seen how he recruits and some of the ideas of what they've done and their partnership with the Jordan brand. And Can he stop wearing pleated khakis then? 
They could, but they're not going to. They actually made <laughs> Jordan Grand pleated khakis for him to wear. Um, yeah. I, it's it's interesting, and I don't think it's a bad thing to have uh, market pressures push some of these coaches out mm. because it creates drive and innovations for schools that, like we've talked about, may not necessarily have had a shot at some of these recruits, but with the collectives and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. and It's a big, you know, I always say that the football coaches, especially at the the collegiate level it's the same with basketball coaches you're really a ceo yeah and this is just another part of the company now well and you know it's it's a matter of time until the football rolls out into something different yeah. they've got the clearance to do it and have for 30 years but they haven't and how they integrate back with their schools and their conferences is going to be very interesting um, one thing on sort of the business side of sports, this mm-hmm. is um, for announcing. Yeah. Thomas Barkley is having some chats with the Live Golf Tour. Dude, this is wild. So this F- is some crazy shit. From what okay. I'm seeing, the next event is going to have a pro-am feature, and Charles is going to be Chuck is going to be on air for Live. What's fascinating to me. And I was really interested to hear your comments as we were kind of teeing things up because I hadn't heard his desire to stay with TNT. How does this affect TNT, the co-contract that they kind of have during March Madness where he's on CBS, you know, broadcasts and that kind of thing, because if he goes to the live tour as any kind of announcer, he's going to piss a lot of people off. Okay. So I've got the ESPN.com article up here. Okay. He acknowledges as of Thursday afternoon, he acknowledges that yes, he had the meeting with Greg Norman on Wednesday. Um, And this was his quote in a perfect scenario. I would love to do both. Sure. Don't know how Turner's sponsors are going to feel about it. I know there's going to be some blowback. Now he goes in later and he says, uh, it says something that, you know, after having the meetings, different stuff, they talk about the Saudi government piece to it all. And um, Barkley says, they checked in with me. What I told Subway, Capital One, and Dick Sporting Goods, I said, wait a minute, I haven't signed anything. I haven't met with the guy. Let's let this thing play out before you call me all upset. Fair. Uh, it then talks about he was very dismissive of the idea of blood money, that concept, and, and says, and this is another quote, if you're in pro sports, you're taking some type of money from a, not a great cause. Uh, then it says Barkley told the Post that he will play in the Pro-Am at the next Live Golf event, which is set for next week at Trump National in New Jersey. Huh. He's going to play, but they want him to be an announcer. Yes. Now, it, again, they, it looks like what he's saying, and another part of that article as well, that said he understands it would have to be very highly lucrative for him to walk away. Uh, let's see. 
The, somebody, uh, somebody closer told the New York Post that it would need to be a highly lucrative offer for him to walk away from his reported eight-figure income as an NBA broadcaster for TNT and multiple and spokesperson for multiple companies. So he understands that it's up all or nothing. No, and and I know that. Really start to look at it that way. And and I think there's a quote somewhere out there that I saw that he said he'd kill somebody for two hundred thousand dollars or two hundred million dollars. Sorry, um, everybody has a price tag. Oh sure, we all do. I have one. And I get that. Um, I think the fallout for. TNT is going to be far more interesting than what any kind of downside that Barkley would have because I think they would the live tour would be like yeah we're gonna make you whole it's totally fine just come along um how they because I don't know their their pre-game NBA show is fantastic yeah, Inside the NBA is the best pre and post game show in the history of sports. Uh, and, everything and I, else plays for second place. And I don't know what you do to make that whole because yeah. I think you need someone like Chuck. Well, Charles Barkley has said, I heard it, and I want to say it was on Dan Levitard's podcast uh-huh. or on his show. It's within this year, this calendar year. He said that this will be his last contract at TNT. And he has two or three yeah. years left. And he said he will not sign one after because he was near 60 and he just didn't want to keep doing that past. He's like, look, I got all the money I need. You know, I, I don't want to keep going to work when I'm 65 or 70 years old. Right. No. And I, I appreciate that. I know, um, you know, there, there was one comment I saw when all this kind of popped off a couple of days ago that he's a heavy gambler. This yeah. will clearly pay off and or feed um, that piece of his life that he enjoys. Yeah. And he wouldn't have much. Well, and I think quite frankly, it's forcing and many of us in many, you know, employment arenas, the succession planning mm-hmm. of any kind of thing, this is going to force Turner to, to look at that and yeah. whether they start poaching from ESPN um, or elsewhere to yeah. kind of figure out who's going to fill that slot. Because, yeah. I mean, EJ has had his health issues, so you're yeah. going to eventually need someone to slide into that spot. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's all this stuff that I think the machinations of it are pretty interesting. Yeah. I was looking, I'm, I'm going to look it up to be exact because I remember seeing this at one point. I think he's now been on TNT longer than he played in the NBA. That sounds right. Um, okay. He played in the NBA from 84 to 2000. Okay. So 16 years. Yeah. So when did he start with TNT? It wasn't much after that. This was not, yeah, not good, not good uh, audio for me to sit there and go, oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to find it now. Oh, damn it, I can't find it here. But oh, here I mean, if, even if he started in 2001 or 2002, he's hitting 20 years as it is now going into the upcoming NBA season. So, yeah. 
He did. He joined in 2000, so right after he retired. Okay. He's now been an announcer on TNT longer than his NBA career. I know that a whole generation younger than us yeah. knows Charles Barkley for being on TNT, not Charles Barkley, the bad fucking madass basketball player. No, that played for the Suns or the 76ers. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like, these kids, like, my son's age, they don't know that that dude was a dog. I mean, like, he was phenomenal. Absolutely. He was one of the best five players of his generation. And yeah. people are like, well, he never won a championship. Dude, there is literally nobody you played against that doesn't absolutely respect his game. I'm like, exactly. And that's why he's so – part of why he's so good. But he's also so good because he's Charles. He's has a personality that nobody else has. He he's is like part uh, your drunk uncle and part like, like the best trash talker you've ever heard. Yeah. As someone who fancies himself a pretty good trash talker, I'm not nearly as good as Charles Barkley is. But he's, I mean, he's incredible. He is. And, and it's, he, he gets away with saying things that nobody else can get away with saying. Right. Because they just, oh, that's Chuck. That's just Chuck being Chuck. And because when he does pick those battles, he does it in a way that's still kind of respectful. Right. Like he's like, hey, I know you probably feel differently than me on this, but I'm just going to be honest and say, hey, there's a lot of fucking money here. Right. And I think this comes around to a certain idea of that generational shift that we're facing in probably all the major broadcasting arenas yeah. of, you know, like for me growing up with WGN and Harry Carey being the voice of the Cubs and shifting some of that stuff. And especially with like, you know, um, the changes in the broadcasting booths for NFL, when you lost Madden, when you lost Summerall, it's, it's all these things that you kind of notice and you wonder who's coming up behind that will be, that will be able to carry that mantle. Yeah. Who'll be the iconic ones. And I, it's curious to me because there's, especially as the streaming stuff comes online and everyone is taking a, a little piece, it's broken down so much more than, especially what you guys were talking about on Friday with the All-Star game where you only had three channels and this was your one chance to see everybody all at once. Yeah. Same thing with announcers. There's no kind of voice of... Well, you, know, you have a great point with Harry Carey. You know, I'm a kid from the South who used to watch TBS Mm-hmm. Skip Carey was a big deal. And yeah. you know, and now there's Chip. <laughs> there's Chip who's who's good. Um, you know, same as if you're from St. Louis, you know, you yeah. had Jack Buck and Joe, and then it's some Joe yeah. Buck. But then there's also guys that were, you know, national to your point, and it was uh, you know, Vince Scully. Yeah. And Vince Scully and Joe Garagiola doing baseball back when I was a little boy. Yeah. I can still hear those, I can still hear that theme song. And you know, Marv Albert was that guy in the NBA for a generation. Right. Um, but now when you have these, these guys in the studios, they're all, yeah, you got a big name. You know, TNT went and hired Gretzky, you know, for, for hockey. He wasn't good. He wasn't that good, you know, and, and but he's Gretzky. 
and people are going to watch because he's Gretzky. You know, I mean, he he's going to draw eyes. You're going to be like, well, you might you might liken his opinion if you don't know, because he's the great one and he's not there all the time. Right. The only person like like Charles Barkley is Terry Bradshaw. And Bradshaw has never really been, and he's good. Not controversial. He's just kind of a redneck, and and he's getting ready to retire. He's already said he's like seventy two years old. He's tired of doing this shit. He should have retired ten years ago. Yeah. But. Now Fox has done a good job with football of going to get Michael Strahan and Tony Gonzalez, but even those guys are a little bit they're they're pretty. For lack of a better term, they are pretty guys. They are Tony Gonzalez is a very handsome man. Uh, so straight hands. <laughs> I would I'd hold held hands with Tony Gonzalez on the beach. Really? Um, <laughs> but um, I, you know, but none of them have that personality. You don't see many of those. Yeah. And you, the people who are somewhat of a personality in media, they don't get put in those roles anymore. No. Like, um, I mean, really, the only ones I can think of are like Pat McAfee. And he's what's that? Well, I was going to say they've gotten more to the outskirts. Yeah, they're doing their own things. And McAfee's got a podcast that's made him big, Um, you know, but like even like Jim Rome, who was someone who was, you know, 20 years ago, considered this young, controversial guy. Now he's. 50, 55, 55, and he's different. He was just a dick, though. He was. He was just a Cali, SoCal kind of a dick. Became famous a lot because he became the West Coast sports radio guy. Yeah. And was big around the OJ OJ trial. Yeah. That's what made him huge. And and now he's on CBS, and he's nothing like he was back then. Now, someone like me who grew up with that Jim Rome, I don't really like this Jim Rome as much. No. That's part of getting older, too, because, like, I'm a different cat at 46. For sure. And I was at 26. Yeah. But I, to your, back to your point, I don't know who they'll replace someone like that with Charles Barkley with. I think, honestly, and I hate to say this, J.J. Reddick is going to be one of the people that, that slides yeah. into that spot. Yeah. Like, I love Shaq, but Shaq's not that good. He sucks. <laughs> I mean, he's just he's just there. They they really wanted him to be Barkley. He's he and he ends up being the court jester. Yeah, and that's okay for Shaq. That's on brand for Shaq. Yeah. And I love Shaq. Like I, I love the guy, but he he is not gonna be he ain't gonna write the declaration of independence anytime soon. No. Okay. I I love Shaq, but that's not he's not gonna be the most thoughtful monologue guy on tnt no not at all you know so i, I don't know tnt's got to figure that out if barkley leaves or well, barkley just doesn't resign a new contract in a couple of years and they're gonna they, be missing out a big chunk of that can they be kind of a forerunner for all the other leagues and networks trying to figure this out yeah i mean could if there's anybody who could pull off working for the live tour and somewhere else is it charles barkley oh fuck yes and then the question becomes does charles barkley become the gateway guy who 
ends up in a, in a long term giving the live tour its first bit of real legitimacy. I think there's just too much. There's just too much. I, I, I tend to agree. But if I'm, you know, watching the stone go down the road, I'm thinking. I know. I and I think part of it's going to also come across as, and we'll see how long this tour lasts and what it produces. Yeah. But with guaranteed money for all the players, what do they really have to play for? Yeah. Well, I thought, and God, I wish I could remember who it was now, but it was one of the, the middling players who's like around our age, mm-hmm. who just went to the live tour, who just admitted, look, it's about the money. It's and, it's for the money. It's all about the money for all of them. Any yeah, of them. but he came out, I, I'm going to pull this up too, because uh, they were talking about it, and he, he came out and said, look, I've been on the tour for so long now, and you know, it, it's very hard to keep a living going. And this, sure. and, that, and this is guaranteed money. No, I get it. And I appreciate it. I just don't um, care for who's providing it. Yeah. Now, I did see that, yes, all, and Uncle Rico was right last week when he came on. All the four majors have already said in 2023, you can't be on the live tour and play in their, their tournaments. I'm glad that they won't get an exemption. Yeah. Uh, Sergio Garcia, I saw this on an interview on ESPN.com as well, said he is quitting the, the European Tour completely. He will not play on another major after this year. He's done. He's going to play on the Live Tour. And they did subtitles because he was speaking Spanish. But he, he said, hey, I, I feel like I'm more respected here. I feel like I mean more to these people. Of course, he's getting paid more. You know, I mean, Sergio's I'm here sorry. already. I, I am making a, a very scrunched face right now back to you yeah. listening to this. And I'm just like, what? Well, you just say it's for the money. I'm yeah. just say it. Yeah. People don't fucking respect you. Yeah. I just wonder. Being there. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. See if yeah. Charles Barkley goes to the loop tour. So. Hey, I want to end on a couple of good notes. Yes. I don't know if you saw these. Did you see that Bo Jackson has stepped up and is helping the families of the Uvalde shooting victims to help pay for funerals? So I, I saw the headline. I did not read the story, but I was just like, not read the full completely. story. But um, let me see if I can find this here now. Um, I think it's fantastic. For the children, he's paying for funerals of 19 children and two teachers killed in the Uvalde uh, massacre. Um, he reveals himself as one of the previous anonymous donors who covered costs for families. He was one of the, yeah. So um, that's awesome. He is the, here's the quote I don't know if it's because I'm getting old. It's just not right for parents to bury their kids. That's just not right. Yep. I know that every family there probably works their butts off just to do what they do. The last thing they need was to shell out thousands of dollars for something that never should have happened. Yeah, because there there was someone uh, locally who, with the donations and stuff coming in, were doing very unique caskets and stuff for this for these yeah. kids that really related to their passions and loves. Yeah. And I think there that's is another 
I'm sorry I cut you off. My bad. No, I was just uh, saying it's it's just yeah. Really I saw some of that as well. Uh, so it looks like there's another anonymous donor, and Bo Jackson's aware of who it is. Someone he knows, but he will not say who it is. They but, should come out if they want to, and if they don't, that's yeah. Cool. It, it looks like Debo just kind of said he wanted to come out and talk about it. It sounds like he wanted to talk about it because of the idea of, you know, of, of guns and everything else. This is a guy who's a noted hunter. Yeah. I mean, we know Bo Jackson is a noted hunter. Hunt, he, hunting animals bow, is yeah, completely he, different than hunting. Yeah, and he's a bow hunter mostly, which is something actually I've wanted to learn. I would love to do that. The other thing I saw very, very similar was T.J. Watt. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter this past. It was, I think it was yesterday I saw this. A young lady was on J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt. I say, I'm sorry. Yes, it was J.J. Watt, not T.J. Watt. J.J. Watt saw a Twitter post yep. of a fan who was selling his shoes, a pair of her, his shoes that he, you know, for his a lady. branded shoes, yeah. His branded shoes and a jersey of his. Mm-hmm. They help pay for something with children with her kids. So it was uh, her grandparent, their funeral. Okay, it was a funeral again. And so he he had seen it because she had tagged him in the post. Okay. And he was just like, yeah, save your stuff. I'm going to help you with this. Yeah. And, and, and J.J. Watt was the guy who famously, after the Houston floods, Yes. Brought in millions and millions of dollars. I think he gave something like 20 million of his own money. He did and did a huge amount of fundraising around it. Yeah. So um, hats off to JJ Watt. I've made fun of the Watt family in the past on the field because he can't stay healthy. But I think that what he does off the field is phenomenal. It is. And, um, you know, it goes to show that you don't have to. He goes to that most of us who aren't very, very religious are actually really good people. Because J.J. Watt gave, I mean, I always make the example, J.J. Watt gave $20 million to help this, the flood victims in Houston. Yeah. And um, what's his name? Um, Mega Church Man. Uh, the one I really don't like. Oh, I know who you're talking about. The one that closed all his churches and we're yes. like, yeah, no, you can't. He, closed it he, has the, he bought the summit. Yeah. The old basketball arena and turned it into a church. And uh, wouldn't let people in during yep. the flood. Yep. And I'm I forgetting his name too because I don't care about evangelical preachers. But yes, no, uh, it's it's great, and I'm glad that people there are people on all levels, big and small, yeah. continue to do, to do good things for people just because they are good things to do. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we need to push out some of the good things that do happen out there. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, and it just because there's so many times that you just we hear so many bad things, especially in the past year. We've had all the stuff with like the Deshaun Watson stuff and everything else. And well, know. it's dispiriting, it's disheartening, it's um the worst of humanity coming to the forefront, but there's a lot more better people out there than there are the worst of us. At least I hope so. So yeah. I appreciate you wanting to focus on that. Yeah. Joel Olstein was who I couldn't think uh, of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. Yeah. All right. Uh, hey, last uh, sponsor I want to talk about real quick. We got a new sponsor. 
You weren't on last week when I had these months. Uh, hey, I heard DoorDash. So we had DoorDash on. Yeah. So um, also in our show notes, along with the Gold Belly ad, you'll find another one for DoorDash. So Ellen, have you ever used DoorDash? I just had ACL surgery. What do you think? Probably so. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I was telling the story last night. I was talking to a client. And we were talking about how she's, she's younger. She's in her, in her like late 20s. And I was saying, look, mm-hmm. you got to have a budget. And I was telling her how to do a budget. I said, here's track all your spending for a month. What you're going to find is there's something you're going to spend too much money on. And for, in my family, when we first did it, it was going out to eat. We really had to work on how much we were spending when we went out to eat. And then we realized the pandemic came along. Uh We couldn't go out to eat anymore. So we kept DoorDash. A couple times a week, we would DoorDash. And it was a great way to keep restaurants in business. It was a great way to, you know, not have the same cooking and the same stuff all the time. Well, now DoorDash is sponsoring the Coach Bono's podcast. We're so happy to have them on. Right now, if you use our link and sign up for DoorDash, you get $10 off your first three orders. Excellent. So many of us have DoorDash accounts already. So let's give, let's hit them to the gimmick here. I appreciated this tip also. You just got to get a new account, which means you use a new phone number or a new email address and bam, it will work. So even if you've used it before and you think, oh man, how do I use this? I can't put it on my new. No, you cannot use it on an old account, but it doesn't mean you can't have your spouse do it. Doesn't mean you can't use your other phone or your other email address. Or your kid. Or your kid. There you go. So great way to save 30 bucks. I love DoorDash. I get it here at the office at least once or twice a month. We do some late nights here. So when we have to do those late nights, I sometimes don't want to drive and get any food. Or I've started doing stuff and then you realize it's 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock and you're hungry. DoorDash is a great answer. So you can get all your local stuff. And then you can get all sorts of cool stuff that you can get on there. So check it out. DoorDash, links in the show notes. And again, use the gimmick. Just, just do it. Just do it. Save yourself 30 bucks. You know you're going to do it anyway. You might as well save some money. So um, anything else you want to jump in here and cover? I know we both got something we want to do this evening. So we're going to. Uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to watch the, the last uh, that we know of hearing for the January 6th. Yep. Uh, stuff. It's going to be fun. I've got it queued up on the TV. So otherwise, I'm looking forward to seeing you in person. I'm looking forward to being there. It's going to be a long week. You know, I'm not an early morning person and I got like 7 a.m. meetings Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. This is not going to be great for me. So I'm going to have to go to bed like way wicked early and I'm driving. So, well, you know what? You'll oh. be fine. Just stop in the Oasis in the Plains. If you want to stop at my place on the way downtown, you can, because it's a good stop before you go in um, on Saturday. Just let me know. And then uh, we've got golf Wednesday. We're yep. going to do a live pod, I guess, Thursday. Probably. I've got to figure that out. You and Uncle Rico, we got to talk about that still. And then uh, a baseball game, hopefully. For We're going to talk clubs. about that soon. You and I are going to chat about so, that. So. We'll see. It'll be good. Uh, yeah, because I, I got to go see the Dodgers while they're in town because my guy Mookie. I love Mookie. That, that's my dude. I will, I, even I, though hey, he's not a Red I, Sox, he is still my dude. I can't say anything. Chris Bryant is in left field. I love him. Yeah, so. 
So let's, uh, let, let's, let's take it out on that. And uh, let's say thank you to you, Ellen, for coming in this week again. I appreciate it. I'll see you in a couple of days and we'll be back on next week together. Um, still not sure how we're pulling off Monday's podcast yet. It may just be me doing something from a hotel room. I may be skipping it completely. Tyler Johns and I are going to talk about that tonight. So we'll figure it out. Take a break. Tyler's yeah. taking this week off. Why don't you Yeah, take Tyler's it? taking his week off. So no, I won't be on the Jones Report this week. And I won't be on the Jones Report next week as I'll still be in Denver. And it's just too hard to do stuff. I will say our draft is going to be really great the next week. Though. We've already decided we're going to draft our own college conferences. Okay, you need to stop with the Jones Report draft and focus on the Star Wars draft. Yeah, I... So on the Star Wars draft, I, I realized I had to start catching up on some things first. So Stop dragging your fucking feet and just yeah. do it. Yeah, I, I will figure that out. What if we did those? We could steal that one before the Jones, Jones report. We could do the conferences. I can get a practice round in. No. No, okay. No. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll get the Star Wars draft done soon. Uh, Let's do our own shit. <laughs> we gotta get, and we got to get Henri in here for that. Because I know Re has said, now I know where he's at. He's on, he's on a business deal for a week. So we'll make it work. But yeah, we got him. Uncle Rico will be in. You'll be in. I'll be in. I'm going to make sure I get the picks I want. So whatever. Cheat somehow. No. As long as I get Lando Calrissian. Hey. The real hero of the Star Wars trilogies. Cloud oh, City, man. Lando Calrissian. So anyway, hey, uh, thanks, Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox, for all you do behind the scenes. Hey, check out the David Starr, the racing show on Studio Soapbox with David Starr. He is excellent, and they're going to have some cool stuff early next week with him driving at Pocono this weekend. So definitely want to check that out. He's going to have some cool stuff about that. Um, I think Tyler's going to be with him then as well. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, we appreciate every five star review. Give us less than five stars, bro. Can you explain yourself? <laughs> uh, hey, until Monday, I'm Coach Paul Brian O'Connor. Have a great weekend. The meantime time tokens are non refundable. Remember, in Kansas, vote no on August the 2nd. Thank you and have a great weekend. Bye.